Hello, welcome to Universal Soul Love. I'm Detective David Love. And I'm Dr. Lal Love. Welcome to our show. Universal Soul Love is an internet show which is dedicated to raising the consciousness of the planet. Today we have a very special guest with us, real estate entrepreneur Mike Wolf, our good friend who's been on the show in the past. And we're so glad to have you back with us, Mike. Welcome to the Universal Soul Love. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Great to have you again. It's great to meet you. Yep. I've heard so much about you. Yeah, you guys have expanded a little bit since last time I was on. So yeah. now you got, this is great. Absolutely. So you're going to be talking about a topic that is dear to many people's hearts and wallets, money and the various themes around money and such as the energy of money, the psychology of money, the happiness of money. And, and maybe even the spirituality of money. People's, people's hang-ups with money, which is <laughs> what this is really all about, is trying to, you know, talk about the issues. I mean, this is a, money is one of the hardest issues I think people deal with in life, and it really shouldn't be. I really think money is a very simple concept, theoretically. I mean, it's a, it's a concept of the mind. And the problem is people are very complicated. Yes. As you know, Dr. Lana Love, talking about the psychology of money with Mike Wolf. This is perfect. Very interesting. All right. So, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in case people, our listeners haven't caught you the last time you were on the show. They were fantastic shows, by the way. Good to be here. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know my uh, story, um, I've been a real estate investor now for almost 30 years. Believe it or not, that makes me feel really old. I, who does anything for 30 years? Anyway, so I've been doing uh, real estate investing for around 30 years. I got into it totally by mistake. I was actually uh, living my parents' dream at one point, and that was my parents wanted me to go to law school. And I remember I in the middle of grade 12, had no idea what I wanted to do or, or be the next year. And so I just followed down the path that made them happy because I had no other aspiration at that point. And uh, managed to get my first degree. And with that came a whole lot of student loans. And so I know what debt is all about because I had lots of it. And then I decided to get a job after I got my first degree, get a job at, at the uh, phone company up in Canada where I'm from, uh, because my, my friend, ha his mother was a manager there. So I thought I'd get a job there, pay off the student loans, then go back to university and become a lawyer and make my parents really happy. And what ended up happening is when I got to the, uh, the phone company, I started to build up my credit managed to put away a little bit of cash and uh, basically qualified for a mortgage to get my first home. And then, you know, shortly after I got my first home to live in, my mortgage broker calls me up and goes, Mike, you know, if you, if you want, I can get you another mortgage. If you want to buy another property, I'm going, why would I want another property? Now, these days, I wish I got that call every day because that would be the best thing. I never get those calls. But anyway, so he goes, he told me, you know, if you buy a second property and you put a tenant in there, They'll pay down the mortgage and eventually, you know, by the time you're ready to retire, that home will be paid off. It'll get you revenue every single month and you'll be in a really good spot financially. And I thought, okay, well, that makes sense. So I bought a second property close to home, put a tenant in there. And a couple of years after I bought that, those properties, the market just took off. I was still working at the phone company. I hadn't gone back to university yet. And I looked at it and go, man, you know, in the last two years, I've made... X amount of dollars working at the phone company and I made a lot more doing this real estate thing and I don't even know what I'm doing in real estate. So I thought if I can do this by mistake, what would happen if I did this on purpose? So I won't bore you with all the details of the, the 28 years that I've been doing this, but I will tell you that, you know, after that, I thought I had figured out how to win the lottery. And so I thought, oh, I told my parents I'm not going to law school. I'm just I'm going to be a full-time real estate investor. And they're still pissed at me to this day about that. <laughs> 
And then I also quit my job at the phone company because I thought, oh, I can just duplicate this. So I thought, well, you know what? This, it took me two years to make this paycheck, but surely if I put some effort in, I can figure out how to do this every 90 days or every six months, make these big paychecks. You know, being in my mid-20s at the time and being what I would call that, you know, looking back on it now, I'd say I was a know-it-all because, you know, all of a sudden I'm sitting on this money and a kid in his mid-20s who had never always been broke, never had money before. And I thought I had life all figured out at this point. And I had some very humbling lessons after that because I realized that, hey, you know what? You know, at that point, I was taking credit for it, thinking, oh, because I'm so smart. Of course, I made all this money. But it was really just because I had happened to have really lucky and good timing. And so I managed to lose almost all of what I made on the next few real estate deals. But then after that, with what little money I had left... I decided to go from being a know-it-all to what I would call a learn-it-all. And I started to get mentors and other people to help me. And it's, it's definitely been a lot of ups and downs along the way. But here I am 28 years later, still loving what I do and done very, very well with real estate after, uh, like I said, a bit of a roller coaster ride. So that's kind of my uh, very abbreviated uh, life story. Excellent. Mike, Mike, it's interesting watching you. Mm. You have an amazing energy. A great energy, very, very animated. Mm. Presume you were like this before you got wealthy. Yes. Well, so yes and no. I, mean, I was growing up. Uh, I, I grew up in a, in a kind of negative family. I mean, my parents are, are good parents, but they're, I would call them somewhat negative in terms of their, you know, how they perceive the world. And they, they tend to watch a lot of TV when I'm at their house and I watch them watching TV. It gets me stressed out just watching it. And so I've really spent a lot of time, one, working on myself, doing a lot of personal development. Number two, you know, I, I basically, over the years, it's kind of funny we're talking about money because money is, is very important. And back in my earlier days, most of my life was focused around getting this money. And I was a workaholic and put a lot of energy into getting the money. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But The energy comes across. Yeah. And I, I'm sitting here wondering, and, and I can't help it. You know, I'm a psychiatrist. I think psychologically, it, it seems to me that you might energize and excite the money itself mm. to do things. I, know. I mean, you That's know, I wonder whether <laughs> I, I think it all goes hand in hand, but, but also the ironic thing is now I don't chase money at all. And, and it's one of those things that you can attract and the money comes in effortlessly now. And I'm not saying that to brag, but it took a while to figure this out. But now money isn't my main currency. My main currency is happiness. Oh, and I love that. Right. And so I spend my whole life pursuing that and having the balance. And because of how long I've been doing what I do, I get these quote unquote, once in a lifetime deals that come through my email box like every day. And I turned down a lot of things that in the old days I would have chased after. I mean, I, I, I turned them down because I look at them and say, oh, well, that's going to be too stressful. Oh, that's going to take up too much time. And I'd much rather spend that time volunteering or spending time with my, my grandsons right. or, or whatever. And so I measure things a lot differently than I used to. So I'm not trying to tell people don't go after money because money is extremely important. But once you get the money, I consider it like oxygen. So when I hear people say, oh, I don't need money or I'm not worried about the money, that's me is like saying, oh, I don't care if I have oxygen. The only reason you would ever say that, in my opinion, is if it's so abundant that you don't, you don't have to think about it. And so mm -hmm. I love to teach people, how do you put the money on autopilot so you don't have to think about it? What would you do if the money was taken care of? If you had an unlimited amount of money and you didn't have to even think about it, what are the things that you do? And I think most people would not be workaholics. I think they would spend mm -hmm. a lot of time focusing on doing the things that make them happy and probably making a difference, making other people happy and helping them out. And it would be a much different conversation. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of the people that really want to give, they're not in a good position themselves. So it's like when you go on an airplane and they say, if there's a problem, oxygen masks are going to fall from the, 
ceiling mm-hmm. and put yours on first before you put it on your kid. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't mean you don't love your kid, but if you're not in a good place yourself, you can't help a whole lot of other people. So, so that's really why I love to help people figure out the money part mm-hmm. because most of the people, at least the ones that I hang out with, are very heart-centered and they make a really big impact and make a really big difference if they were in a good spot themselves. And so many people, mm-hmm. unfortunately, are not in a good spot and they repel the money by the things that they say, the things that they think, the things that they do. And it's all changeable and learnable but unfortunately what would you say to to someone who's in a position where they're not very happy and they're not very financially successful would you tell them to focus on themselves first to get themselves into a better stage or the money first or both which is a good point because we have a relationship with money with the energy of money and, and with ourselves and that has to do with the psychology right. of money mm. which is in everything you've been talking about and i like that you're using the analogy of money of oxygen awesome. yeah well, well we don't think about breathing and we don't want to have the masks falling down like a money emergency or an air emergency so just, yeah well it's, and it's very similar it's like uh, so when you say which do you focus on first both because you know if you're on on planet earth and there's an abundance of oxygen once again you don't have to think about it but if you have an air emergency if you're underwater and there's not enough oxygen well yeah like do what you have to do to get the oxygen but then figure out a more permanent solution where it's not where you know feast and famine where it's like okay one minute you got money then you don't then you have money then you don't make it so that it's consistent and keeps coming back and keeps keeps replenishing itself so like now it's not something you're going to have to think about anymore and then focus on the things that are, that are important. Money is important, but focus on the other things that are important once the money part is figured out. But working on yourself is really important because if, if you don't have the right mindset, money is going to be difficult for you. It's kind of ironic. And, and you know, I work with a lot of, a lot of my clients are, are doctors and lawyers and engineers. And a lot of these people are amazing at what they do. Like, you know, I work with doctors that are absolutely amazing at medicine. But they have not figured out money. They have a lot of money that comes in from what they do. They have a lot of cash flow. But if they were ever to stop working, they'd be in huge trouble because they have usually homes that are way bigger than what they really need or can afford. They have the fancy cars. They're all about, well, I'm a doctor, so I have to give the appearance that I'm successful. And so you know, they have better, bigger and better toys than most people, but they, they're not financially free. And so mm. it's really... Unfortunately, a lot of people have an expertise. We all have a gift at something. Mine just happens to be, I've always been really good at figuring out uh, business and being creative and, and making the money uh, come in. And then later on, I became better at making it come in passively as opposed to trading my time for it. And, but everybody's got a gift. And we're, all, we're all really good at one thing, but it's really important to get experts. Just like I'm, I'm really good at money, but I'm not going to perform surgery on myself so, or anybody else for that matter. And so we all have a different gift. And so get other people to help you with the things that you're not good at. If money's not your, your thing, get somebody to coach you on it and teach you how to not just get it by, once again, by trading your money, but your time for it. Because a lot of people do that. They become workaholics. And I know a lot of people that have a lot of money financially, they're good, but they have no life. There's no balance. So really, to me, the most important thing is getting that money on autopilot, just having it keep replenishing itself. And, and this is exactly why I, I wanted to bring you on the show, because of course, with Universal Soul Love, we do have a large audience, a broad spectrum. It's a spiritually based show. We like to talk about environmental activism, animal rights advocacy, which, by the way, Mike Wolf is a very strong animal rights activist. I'm getting slightly yeah. off topic, but it's all very impressive. Yes, yeah. we'll get to that, though. <laughs> it sounds like you shouldn't focus just on the money. It's your relationship with the money in a healthy, nutritious fashion and the quality of the money so that that money is on autopilot. So 
what suggestions would you give to people about how to do that? Well, I think it's really about leveraging. And leveraging. so for me, you know, my real estate, it's not the only way that I make money, but it's on autopilot. So I own a bunch of properties, but I have other people going and collecting the rent for me and they deposit in my bank account. They deal with the tenants, etc. So I'm not using my, if I had to use my time, to collect the rent off each each property that I've got, I would have a much smaller number of properties and I'd have a lot less time. So right. one is leveraging other people's time, other people's expertise, getting other people to do the things that you shouldn't be doing. So freeing yourself, easy. freeing your time. Mm. Yeah, so that's number one is, is, is using other people's passions, talents, skill sets, and also having systems in place so they don't have to bug you. So for example, I have a company and we sell turnkey real estate. So what that means is we buy properties in bulk from the banks, we fix them, put tenants in place, and then my property management team looks after them, and then we sell them to investors all around the world. And so that's for investors that want to create passive income where my, they can leverage my team. My team does all the work. But ironically, I don't really do much work in that company either. I've got people that, uh, I've got one guy, his only job is to go schmooze bankers all day long. That's where we buy most of our properties from the banks. He builds the relationships. Once he gets the properties, he hands it off to our inspectors. Our inspectors go in, make a list of what needs to be fixed in the homes. They hand that off to our uh, crews to go fix the homes. Wow. And uh, Once it's fixed, it, it, it get, goes to the property manager who fills the vacancy. And then I've got affiliates all over the world selling the properties for me. And this all happens while I'm traveling, while I'm hanging out with my grandkids, wow. while I'm on your uh, podcast. It doesn't matter where I am. This is all going on in the background, but I've got good systems in place. So my acquisitions manager isn't randomly picking properties. He's picking properties that have three bedrooms, two baths, double attached garage, 1995. And he's got a bunch of different uh, criteria that he has to follow when he's purchasing these properties. So he's not calling me every day and saying, Hey, I got, I found this one house. What do you think, Mike? He already knows what he's got to find. And these people that are all doing their different pieces to the puzzle that, to put this all together, they're all experts at what they do. And they don't need to, they don't need to call me. Every single home has the same carpet, same paint, same appliances. Nobody's calling me. So one, I have very few people that report to me. Two, they only report to me under very extreme circumstances. And three, they all know what they need to do and they do it in the background while I'm doing whatever I want to do. And so I'm leveraging other people's skill sets. I have the systems in place so that I don't have to be a babysitter. I'm not micromanaging. And I have other people that are even selling it for me. And so, you know, so really it's leveraging technology, leveraging other people's time. These are the things that are really important. And and real estate is just one example. You can do this in, in pretty much any business. I've had other businesses before where I've brought in experts and, and teams and I just uh, financed it. So one of the things I recommend is that if you don't have the resources, become resourceful. And so I happen to have, uh, you know, cash now. So I basically put up the cash, but I find other people to do the work. If I uh, didn't have the cash, I'd find what I can bring to the table. Then I'd find other people to fill in the gaps and not try to do it all myself. And so there's a lot of different, I mean, I do four day courses on, on passive income creation. And so a leverage technology, you know, everybody's an expert putting your stuff online. You, you guys put these podcasts up on the internet where people find it and all of a sudden you're, you're getting, hopefully you're getting business from it while you're sleeping. You make, you create something once and you get paid for it over and over and over again. And so that's also the key is to take advantage of the internet and technology. And the real goal is to do something one time and get paid for it forever. And so I'm, I just get really excited. So there's a whole bunch of other things I can teach you. I don't want to take up the whole show on this uh, question, but there's lots of ways you can make money while you're sleeping and where it keeps coming in 
forever without you having to ever do another day's work again. That that might sound incredibly clever. I don't know how long it has taken you to put all this into place. Mm -hmm. But I mean, obviously you started in your 20s. But people like, well, I guess we're we're all not in our 20s. We're we're in, I I guess, the, the middle of our lives. Is it too late to start? It is absolutely never uh, too late to start. It's, okay. uh, I mean, if I knew then what I know now, trust me, I would have done it a lot smarter than I did. And so I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm 52 now and I'm, I'm still uh, learning, but it's never too late. And not only that, a lot of the stuff that I do now, I could have never done when I first started because the technology wasn't there. Every, everybody who's listening to this, we're all an expert at something. So and there's billions of people that haven't even come on. They're not even on the internet yet. What, what kind of things are they going to be looking for when they get here? So sharing your knowledge, creating online courses. You make the course once and put some marketing into it. If you don't have the money, a lot of marketing is free. I've got a YouTube channel, for example, that brings me a tremendous amount of business. And I just shoot free videos, put them up there, and people hear about me and then they become clients. So there's lots that we have the potential to take advantage of the, of the internet and, and uh, be able to take our, our skills, put them out there and let other people know what we're good at and monetize that. There's just so many different ways that people are all caught up in this, what used to work in the old days, you know, go to school, get a good job. And we just have these blinders on where it's just so, we don't see this whole world of abundance around us, all these other ways that, and it's not just about making money, it's about adding value to other people, helping other people out. So think of the things that you're an expert at and start, I, I, as you know, I travel almost every day of the year. And as I go, I film videos and and they're not usually necessarily on travel. But if I wanted to open up a travel company right now, I'm sure I can make seven figures off it because I have all these people to follow me. You know, they're, they're wondering where I am in the world today. And, and they're, they're fascinated with my lifestyle. So unintentionally I could, I could set up a business right now around it if that's what I wanted to do. But so start putting your stuff out there, sharing what you know, add value to other people, and then the money is going to follow too. I, I think your greatest resource is with yourself, right? In your, within yourself. And I think the greatest investment you can make is in yourself. I mean, everything we need is right within us. I mean, that's a very spiritual principle, spiritually oriented mindset that goes right along with the energy of money and the psychology of money. That it sounds like you, you need to be aware of what their greatest skills are mm. and then to build on that mm. is that right is that what you'd it's, it's absolutely true you know my uh you know our, our society uh teaches us a whole bunch of things that I, I would disagree with like for instance my my parents used to always tell me you know mike you're good at anything you put your mind to well yes you could you, i think you'd be mediocre at anything you put your mind to if you put your mind to too many things you become mediocre in a whole bunch of things <laughs> i say instead Take the thing that you're gifted at and run with that. And, you know, take the thing that you're gifted at and that you're passionate about and that lights you up. You can see I'm still excited. I've been doing this for almost 30 years. and I'm still as excited today as when I first started. I love this. So take that thing. That's what, that's what you're put on this planet to do and quit trying to be good at everything. So I live in hotels now because, as, as you know, I'm traveling all the time. But if I lived in a house, there's no way I'd be mowing my own lawn. I wouldn't be shoveling snow. I would not be cooking for myself, cleaning for myself. Take that time. I, matter of fact, I got rid of my uh, car uh, probably about eight months ago, and I Uber everywhere. I take Uber everywhere I go. And while I'm in the back of the Uber, I'm answering my emails, making my phone calls. So it's all about being more productive at the things that you're put on this planet to do. You know, my, my biggest strength is knowing what I'm weak at. And anything I'm weak at, I don't attempt to be good at. I don't even want to learn. I delegate. I delegate everything that I'm not put on this planet to do. And I only focus on the stuff that, that I'm gifted at and that I love doing. And when you do that, one, you're going to be happy. 
And two, the money will come if you're using your gift. That's what you're here to do. If you're doing something you're mediocre at, you're probably going to make mediocre money at it, if, if that. So yeah, I think it's great. We, you know, we can, when I think of money, I go, who can we have on a spiritually oriented radio show talk about money? Who's the perfect person? And I always think Mike Wolf. And I just want to say, I met you in Costa Rica on a trip. Lana was supposed to be there. Unfortunately, she wasn't. But, you know, I had a great time with you. You really made the trip a lot of fun. I mean, this is Mike Wolf. He's, he's like this. When you're with him, he's very happy. He was singing the whole time. Everybody was singing along in the four bus. Uh, we had Christine Carlson with us. You know, she was joining in every uh, Brad Axel, Axel Rad, And you know, it was, it was a great time. And this is Mike Wolf. So any one of the students was there as well. So I'm just uh, trying to back up your, your reputation and everything you're saying is the truth. I mean, yeah, well, that's just it. You know, when you're, when you're doing your love, you you can be, you truly can be happy, like all, almost all the time. And, mm-hmm. and that becomes contagious and that in itself attracts more money because now you have all these people that want to work with you and they want to hang out with you. And so I don't do a lot of trainings anymore since my grandkids were born. One of the things I do is I used to teach, you know, how do you go and uh, make money at these real estate auctions? And so one of my students who has a really big following, well, six months ago, he got this really smoking deal at a real estate auction. He shot a shot a video saying, hey, I'm at, the, at this Houston tax auction and I picked up this property for, he got a single family home for like $8,000. And I just want to give a big shout out to my mentor, Mike Wolf. And I had retired from doing these things. Now I have all these people saying, well, when's your next real estate training going to be? And so I decided, okay, well, I'm going to do one finally. But I have a lot of these people are coming along, not even because they want to learn about real estate. They want to hang out. My YouTube channel, a lot of people are telling me, well, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know the first thing about real estate, but I just want to hang out with you. So your energy could be contagious and attract. Well, that's it. I, let, I just like having you on the show. And I always say to people, if you ever get a chance, travel with Mike Wolf, do a vacation <laughs> with Mike Wolf. I mean, just because you're fun to be with. I mean, you know. You well, I have, fun everywhere. I have fun everywhere I go. And, you know, that, that's the magic of it is that if I woke up this morning, today I'm, I'm actually in Sarasota, Florida, which is absolutely gorgeous place with beautiful beaches. But if I woke up today and it was raining, there's a pretty good chance that I might just go to the airport, even though I don't have a, my flight's not uh, for a couple more days. I'm, I would wake up, go to the airport. I've done, I've done this before. And then just look at the board and figure out well, where's my happy place. And so once again, my currency became happiness. Mm-hmm. And so every, every day I want to be in, in the happiest place I can be whatever that might look like. And so some days my happy place is hanging out with my daughter and my grandkids. Some days it might just be having a, a day at the beach and recharging the batteries. And some days it's about volunteering and giving back and making a difference. And when you have that right balance, I, I wouldn't want to do any of those. Those are the three things that I do on a regular basis. And if, I, if it's out of balance though, then it's not, if I spent all my time with my daughter and grandkids, as much as I love them, eventually you want to hang out with adults. If I volunteered 100% of my time and never time for myself, you're going to burn out. And if you spend every single day at the beach, your brain turns to mush and you don't feel very fulfilled. And so it's about having the right balance of all these things. And when you have that, I'm happy no matter where you see me. If you see me volunteering, I'm never saying, oh, today's my volunteer day. I sure wish it was a beach day. I never feel like that. I feel like this is exactly where I'm meant to be. That's where I'm making an impact, making a difference. It, it sounds like you, you're inherently got a really good way of monitoring mm. what will make you happy. You're really connected with yourself, it sounds like. I, I've really uh, done a lot of work on myself because in the olden days, I thought life was all about I was brought up to, you know, go make a good living and provide for your family. And I did that, but I was a workaholic. I was working like a lot of days, 14 hour days. And I remember 
I'd wake up and, and it would be dark out. I'd be leaving the house and I'd come home and it would be dark out again. And I missed the entire day with my daughter. And back in those days, I thought one is that I've got to do this because I've got to provide. And number two, that, you know, if I, if I take my family on a week long vacation, that makes up for all the time I wasn't there. And I, I would totally disagree with that now. So it was very, uh, when, my, when my first grandson Asher was born a little bit over two years ago, it was really a good time to reflect back because when Asher was born, I, I wasn't worried about taking time off work. When my daughter was born, I literally didn't know how I was going to take a week or two off to spend with my family. So I knew I'd be coming back to this big mess from being so far behind on my work. And when my grandson was born, I thought if I wanted, I could take the rest of my life off and spend every single day with him. And that wouldn't be a problem financially. And so it was a really good time to reflect and think about how far I've come. But I've, I've had to work on myself a lot to make those changes and figure out a few things and, and drop some things from my life and add some new things. And a lot, a lot has changed in that time period. And that's the stuff I love to share is that, you know, you don't have to be a workaholic to have the money come in. You don't have to trade your time for it all the time. And you can have this balance. And that's the most important thing is teaching people balance. So whenever I talk about money, I, I don't like to talk only about money. I like to talk about the balance and the happiness and fulfillment and making a difference that things would light you up. And there was a time in my life where I had plenty of money, but I had no life. Like I was literally working, work, 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 and the money would have stopped coming in as soon as I had stopped working. And so, so this is the stuff that's really important to, just to have uh, knowledge of that balance because a lot of people lose focus on that. And the money in itself won't make you happy. It's what you do once you have that freedom. Once you build the freedom. It's incredibly work. inspiring. I mean, it, it sounds like it's very much coming from a place of you loving yourself in a good way, which I, you know, I, I think mm. part of spirituality is being able to love and nurture yourself and your family and also using your own wisdom and intelligence to plan things, mm. to think ahead. So how do people, I, I'm sure everyone is very inspired listening to you. How do people make that first step? Do you have a website or website? How can people take that first step towards? Well, yeah, my website is called MikeWolfMastery.com. So it's wolf just like the animal, MikeWolfMastery.com. And it's mostly talks about real estate. But I do have a lot of videos on my YouTube channel, which if you Google YouTube and Mike Wolf Mastery, will bring you to my YouTube channel where I talk a lot about lifestyle. There is some real estate there and there's a lot of talk about you know, different ways to create money. But a lot of it's very inspirational and, and spiritual. And I think it would give people, it would light them up a little bit and get you thinking in a little bit different ways. I, I definitely think outside the box. You know, I've had to because, you know, like I said, I started off with very, very little money and no knowledge of real estate. I, I flew out. Getting into, into real estate was a total fluke. I didn't, I didn't wake up one day and say, I want to be a real estate investor. Now, once I got that first success, then I, that was the first time in my life that I ever really felt inspired to do something. Becoming the lawyer wasn't really my dream. I, I did it by default because I didn't know what else to do. But I learned very quickly I'm not cut out for the corporate world. That I knew. And so real estate I stumbled upon, but I think that the universe puts the right things on our path. And a lot of times we're oblivious to it because we have these blinders on and we're just taught this stuff. And it's like, no, we're just focused on what we're taught. Go, go to school, get a good job, stay at the same company and get a pension. Well, those days are over. You're, that doesn't work anymore. And that's still what we're being taught. And I mean, schools were originally built to make us really good farmers and really good employees and really good factory workers. And clearly we're not there anymore. So you got to kind of open up your mind to what is what the possibilities are and start to create some of this stuff, share, share your knowledge. The universe gave you these gifts. And if you're not 
Mm-hmm. I think so many people, we see so many people that become, they make money, but they become depressed because they, they climbed a ladder, but it wasn't the right ladder. They're at the top of it. And now, mm-hmm. okay, they got money, but they're not fulfilled. And so it's all about how do you get that? How do you get the life that you love? And how do you love every single day what you do? But it takes a while. There, there was a point in my life where, like I mentioned, I had lots of money. I had a really big house. I had fancy cars. I had every toy you can imagine. And all my friends were really envious of me, so it fed my ego. But in no other way did I feel fulfilled. Like I would go home and I felt like, okay, I, I did all this work to get all the stuff that the media told me that I want. And now I've got it and I'm not really lit up. Like I don't get it. I did everything right. And now I'm not happy. So I just don't get it. And so it took a while to figure out what actually makes me happy. And mm-hmm. nowadays I got rid of all that stuff and I'm, I'm a minimalist and I, and I travel with two suitcases and oh, really? it holds 90%. You see my suitcases, it holds 90% of what I own. I have some more clothing at my daughter's house and a friend's place in Los Angeles. Everything else I own is with me. And I feel so, it was so therapeutic to get rid of that stuff. So all the stuff that I was chasing that seemed so important to me is not at all. I wouldn't, you couldn't pay me to have that lifestyle back. And when, you know, when I see things like, you know, you hear about Robin Williams and Kate Spade, these people that from the outside, it looks like they have it all. And yet they go and they hang themselves. It's, it's horrible. Think that. Mm-hmm. What kind of mental state do you have to be in? But I, I can totally relate to how you can have all this stuff that other people envy and what looks like success and totally feel like a failure while you have all this stuff. And so I'm not saying everybody needs to get rid of all their things because it's whatever makes you happy. But a lot of times the stuff that we're chasing isn't ultimately what lights us up. And to me, you know, what I discovered about myself after all these travels is that, is that one, uh, there's people on, the other, on other parts of the planet that have very little money. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. And they're the happiest people you'll ever meet. And so I'm not saying don't, don't have the money. But what I'm saying is that just knowing what fulfills you or what, what your purpose is. And when you're living that, when you're chasing after the things that you're supposed to be chasing after, I believe the universe puts the right opportunities, the right people. Everything is on your path. Everything you need is within you and around you. But you have to take those blinders off and you have to be open to it and receptive. And that's where the spirituality really comes in because Mm -hmm. so many people are just, they've got that tunnel vision approach to life, unfortunately. It certainly sounds like, I think you said before that it's not just about making the money and being good at making the money. Mm. It's how you spend the money in terms of the quality of your life, Mm. isn't it? Well, exactly. And you know, one of the things that I would have never believed when I was younger and broke is that the more you give, the more it comes back. And I don't, I don't give with the intention of it coming back. I give with the intention Mm. of helping. Mm. But the more I give, there's magic that happens. And that's the best word to describe it. Magic happens. And money is meant to be exchanged. It's energy and it's meant to flow. It's just like oxygen. You breathe it in, you breathe it back out. Somebody else breathes it in, breathe it back out. You don't hoard it. If you hoard the money, I find that I see a lot of people who are in financially a really good position one day and the next day they don't have it anymore. And then they have to rebuild and then they don't have it. And so that's what I see with people that tend to hoard it. Uh, But also you don't want to spend it foolishly. You don't want to be buying things that are, you know, depreciating. You, you want to get in a really good position financially. Then if you want to get that stuff when, you know, you got the money on autopilot keeps coming back or replenishing itself, then yeah, absolutely. But I see a lot of people, they forego the long term by needing the, the fancy car in the short term to make it look like they're successful. And, and it's all about appearances. I think it's much better to actually be successful and feel successful 
and, and then, you know, whatever makes you happy after that, for me, the last thing I would want is I don't want a fancy car and I don't want a big house. That doesn't light me up anymore. But figure out what makes you happy is quite often a really big challenge. And, and that's one of the reasons why I suggest to people, especially if they haven't traveled much, get out there and see the world and see other cultures and see, not just hang out on the beach all day, but go and actually immerse yourself amongst people of different cultures, different religions, different belief systems. And I, I learn stuff every everywhere I go, just from, from seeing other people and, and hearing their stories. And I just feed off that. And so... It sounds like you're a true citizen of the world. Right. Oh, big time. That, and that's what lights me up. And that, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny because a lot of times I get my best downloads from the universe just popping into my brain when I'm not even, I'm not even thinking about my business. I'm, I'm somewhere else and I'm not even paying attention. And, and suddenly just something pops in my brain because when you're really? relaxed, stress-free, stuff can come in. And when you're overwhelmed, the universe isn't going to give you more ideas when you're already overwhelmed and stressed out and freaking out. So you got to get yourself in a good place mentally and physically and financially. When you kind of get in this flow stuff, I'm going to use the word magic again. Magic just happens and it happens over and over and over again. It's not explainable. So it's ironic because like I said, I came from university background really taught me about what they call the scientific method. And the scientific method says that you come, you start with a hypothesis and if you can't prove it, it doesn't exist. And that might serve you really well in business, but it doesn't serve you very well. It's, it's kind of the opposite of spirituality. And spirituality is the exact opposite of that. It's that if you have faith, you know, all, all these great things are going to happen. And I find if you don't have the right balance, if you have a lot of faith, but it's not really based on anything, that's not going to work. And if you have all the science and you're, you're totally shutting down the fact that miracles happen every day and magic can happen, if you're close to that, it's not going to happen. So you know, a lot of people say, I'll believe it when I see it. And I say, you'll see it once you believe it. And so to me, it's having uh, the combination of some business sense and you know, do it, being able to do due diligence to figure out what's going to work mixed with the fact that, hey, if you take action, you're going to be rewarded. If you're taking action, and you're, you're taking action is something that you're, you're good at, that you love doing, but also that adds value to other people. Money is going to follow if you have those ingredients. So when you have that combination, you just get in the flow and stuff just happens. You don't even think about it. It's on autopilot. And I wish I could give you a formula on how to do that. And they do A, B, and C, but I can say that let's start with, you know, have, have a little bit of business sense and use your gifts. Uh, but also be just open and receptive. And, and I think that came, a lot of that came from traveling, just seeing, having all these amazing experiences that just led me to having a very open mind. And any of our listeners could appreciate what he's saying, what Mike's saying, I, I'm sure. I, that is the universal principle in spirituality that we need to have an open mind. And I, I'm sort of a naturally skeptic person being an investigator. And, and that's why I, I love having you on our show because I know you're the real thing. You're a genuine person. I know you personally spent a lot of time with you. And so I can really have Mike on the show and say everything he's saying, I can believe in what you're saying because I've seen you in action. And, um, and, and I love what you're saying. You know, you're talking about the energy of money being like the breath. It's going to flow. You have to have a healthy attitude. It does make a lot of sense. And it, and it does go along with fundamental spiritual principles. And, and you sound like, a, I like to talk about the spiritual warrior mentality and you, or the spiritual warrior philosophy. And you sound like a financial spiritual warrior. And it's kind of funny because you mentioned the word skeptical. And I used to be the most skeptical guy on the planet. If somebody would have told me about the law of attraction back when I was in university, I would have thought, these guys need to be locked up in some kind of <laughs> mentalism. <It's ridiculous. laughs> and but I, now I can tell you that, uh, you know, the law of attraction has served me very well. And, and you, like I said, you, you attract 
what you are. So if you're happy, you're going to attract other happy people in your life. And you're actually going to repel the negative people. They're, they probably already tuned out. If they're watching this show, I'm sure if they follow you, they're not like that. But if this was put on mainstream TV, most people would say, what the heck is this crap? And so, you know, so I've evolved a lot as a human being and, and come a long way from being the very skeptical business minded, only business. I was all business back in the day. And, but I think that really served me, served me well because I have the business side and the spiritual side came much later. But if it hadn't come, I would not be, I might have the money, but I'd probably still be the workaholic, Mike. And I wouldn't be the happy. I was still happy, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't be as happy and I wouldn't be as passionate. And I wouldn't be as concerned with helping other people. It was just more, how do I get more and more and more money? And so the spiritual side really helped me become a lot more well-rounded. That took a while because I had to untrain myself from what I learned in school. What I learned in school, you know, like I said, they almost make it sound like spirituality is a bad thing. And, and so I think you need to have both. Mm. And that's really key. Absolutely. But it's interesting when you talk about the law of attraction and the difference between, I guess, just believing or just I'll, I'll see it when I do it. And that, that combination is something I think which is really important for the law of attraction because it's it just thinking about something is not going to manifest it. You've got to think about it. But you've also got to look out for opportunities and act upon it. It's, it's both sides. Well, that's the key is, is acting. You know, so many people, they, they, they watch The Secret, and The Secret was great in some ways because it brought this stuff into the mainstream. But so it was good from that perspective. But unfortunately, it left, I think, the wrong message because people think, oh, I can just sit at home watching TV. <laughs> if I think about money while I'm eating my Doritos, the money's going to come. <laughs> so you need to, you know, act upon it. You need to take the first steps. And a lot of people, they get stuck in that because they say, oh, I haven't figured it out yet. And they're perfectionists. They have to know exactly what it looks like. And you won't know what it looks like until you get started. So okay. it's about taking the first step. And, and I like to use the word the universe. You can use God, whatever, whatever word you want in that place. But for me, the universe, once you take that first step, is going to show you, sometimes you're going to have to get around that corner before you see what the next step is. And so, but if you never take that first step because you're stuck in the, how am I going to do this? Or what's it going to look like? You're never going to get there. So you have to, it's just like an airplane. When it takes off, it's not, it, it doesn't go directly in a straight line to its destination. It keeps course correcting. And as human beings, we have to do that too. Whatever we build, it's not, even if we have a vision in our mind exactly what it's going to look like, it's not going to end up looking like that. It's going to change. And so if your airplane never takes off, it never hits the destination. So you got to take off. And those are all spiritual warrior principles that you're talking about in my mind that, you know, balance and being non-attached, but having the initiative and, and all of those things talking about are very, very fundamental to success and everything you're talking about is about success. And, and, and the action that you talk about, I, I liken it to, I also love using the word universe, mm -hmm. but I very much see the whole process as like a dance with the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, you take the first step, the universe takes the second step, then you take another step. Mm -hmm. It's like waltzing on doing a tango. And that, that's very much what it's like, isn't it? It's not like you think about something and something the universe will provide. It's, it's much more interactive. Yeah. I think at a certain point, you don't, even, you don't really think about it. You just, li you just wake up and you live your life. And if, I think in general, if you do the right things, good things happen back to you. And if you're helping other people, good things happen back. You know, it's just a trade-off. You're putting energy out there and energy is coming back at you and it just keeps flowing back and forth. When you get in the flow, it's like I said, I'm going to use the word magic again because that's the best way for me uh, in my mind to describe it. It's just like stuff that you couldn't plan for. Like, you know, it's just, just, it's just incredible how things will just fall into place almost effortlessly once you get into at a certain point. And 
And you have sort of planned for it. I mean, it, it sounds like a key feature of what you've done is thought about it. Because, you know, I know that, that so many of us work too much. You work and you work and you work and there's a sort of like concrete approach. You work, get more money, work more, get more money. It sounds like what you've done is something very different. You work and then you work a little bit less and put that effort in, put that mm-hmm. money into somewhere else. So it is more complicated, but it's much wiser. Absolutely. Well, making, making money work for you is the most important thing because, you know, money is my best employee. Never calls in sick, works Christmas Day, mm-hmm. never complains. So, yeah, you definitely want to get, once you get the money, have the money create more money for you. And that, that is a given. But even if you start off with no money, like I get a lot of people saying, oh, I'd love to invest in real estate, but I've got no money to start. And, you know, I tell them, if, you're, if your passion is real estate, go find a good deal. If you find a good deal, the money is going to follow. If, some, if somebody calls me up right now and says, hey, Mike, I found this home. It's 100000 under market value. Do you want to put up the money and we'll, we'll split the profits? Of course, I'm going to say yes. So, and that's just one example. There's a million ways that you can start with no money. I use real estate as an example. But, mm-hmm. you know, my, my YouTube channel cost me zero. And I, I shoot videos with my iPhone because I travel too much to carry around a big camera. So I, I shoot videos with my iPhone. My YouTube channel, which cost me zero, brings me clients every single day. And so there's things you can do starting with nothing to, to get the ball rolling. But once you have the money, once you start making money, then make the money work for you so it makes you more money. And that's- so Mike, what, what for our viewers, what would be the first step they would have to take? Apart from deciding to have a different relationship with money and, and to make it work for you, would they have to decide what it is that they're really good at or would they have to come up with an idea of how to make passive income? What would that first step be? Well, to me, the first step is, is really figuring out who you are and what you at least perceive that you want. And that's going to change over time. I can tell you uh, almost for sure that that will change over time. The things that I originally envisioned that I wanted were not the things that lit me up. But I usually give my my students an exercise and I make them put three columns on a page. And in the first column, I get them to put all things that they're good at. And so those we would call your gifts. So anything that you're really good at, put them in that column. In the second column, I tell them to put all things that they are passionate about that they if they weren't getting paid for it, they would do it for free because they just love doing it. And then the third column, I tell them to put a list of all the things that are a good use of their time. So for me, maybe uh, as a real estate investor, obviously real estate is uh, something I'm good at. And, and maybe I decided to save money, I'm going to paint my own homes. Uh, I'm going to do my own renovations on it. Well, in the third column, that's not really going to be a good use of my time because I should be out finding more real estate deals, not painting homes. And so if Something doesn't fit into all three columns, you shouldn't be doing it. So figure out what's in all those three columns, something that you're really good at, that you love doing, and it's a good use of your time, and that's what you should do. Everything else, other people should be doing for you. So and in some ways, that's actually simplifying your life, mm-hmm. just doing what you're good at. It's, it's very, very simple. If you're, if you're not, if you're doing something, if you're trading your time for money doing something you hate, you're saying, okay, so maybe it'll put food on your table, but you're never going to be happy ever in a million years doing something that you hate. And if you're doing something that you're not good at, you kind of like, I see people, I'm going to use real estate again because that's my expertise. I see people that develop their own basements in their home because they're trying to save money. They do it themselves. They actually bring down the value of their home. So you said they, in their mind, they did a great job, but no, in nobody else's mind did they do that. So they're doing something they're not qualified or good at and they don't mind doing it. Maybe they find it kind of relaxing. Oh, it's, it's so therapeutic, you know, 
doing this. And some people are, are like that. They find something therapeutic, but they're actually taking down the value and, and they should be getting somebody else and they should be doing their gifts. So a so lot of this is actually about knowing your own limitations. Right. And I think most, my, my biggest strength is knowing what I'm really weak at. And so if I were to do a list of the things I'm good at, it's a very, very, very small list. They're very a lot of people might find it a bit tricky to actually get other people to do things for them. It's actually surprisingly really easy. So I'll give you an example. I was, um, I was at a, a meetup group and nothing to do with real estate or business or any of this stuff. It was just a pub night. And so I just went there to socialize and meet some people and have a few drinks. And this lady was sitting next to me who I'd never met before. And she asked me what I do for a living. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a real estate investor and I've spoken all over the world, you know, different people on, on that topic. And she goes, this is going back probably seven or eight years ago, by the way. And she goes, oh, you geek all over the world on real estate investing. You must have, how, how big is your list? She was a marketing person. She goes, how big is your list? And in those days I go, list of what? I didn't even know what that meant. So she goes, well, list of clients. Don't, don't you have like an email list? Don't you market to them? And I go, no, they just, I have, I have a stack of business cards about five feet high and I don't know how to market online. And she goes, well, Mike, you know, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And as being a really smart businessman, I go, well, that's weird. Nobody ever told me I was leaving money on the table before. And so anyway, she goes, well, I'm, I'm an online marketer and I can take your stack of business cards, turn that into a list. And I can show you how to make more money and I'll do it for free. You, you just pay me a piece of the, you know, anything that I bring on, any new business that I bring, you pay me a piece of it. Mm -hmm. So if I wouldn't have met her, I probably wouldn't be on the show right now because nobody would know about me except for my clients. And so, mm -hmm. but she actually was willing to work for me for free. So a lot of people say, oh, I can't get a team because I can't pay them. There's lots of ways. If I was a real estate investor and I was, didn't have very much money, I might find a contractor to come and renovate the house. And I'd say, you know what, if, instead of me paying you in advance, what if I pay you an extra 20%, but I pay you after the home is split? So you got to be creative. That's a awesome. creative way of doing it, isn't it? And also people believe in your mission. If people believe in what you're doing, a lot of times they'll jump on either for free or they'll get paid later or they'll take a piece of the, the profits as opposed to a, a wage. So you know, one of the things that, that I've done in the past, I don't do much of it now, is I used to help people with their businesses. They were stuck in their business. And there's no way I don't want, I don't want a salary. If I, if I take your business to the next level, I want a piece of the growth that I'm creating in your business. I don't want getting a salary to me is not one is not fulfilling. If I'm getting paid like an employee, that to me doesn't light me up. If I have a piece of the action, I feel like I'm, you know, part owner of a business. That's a much different feeling for me. And then I'm interested. So I didn't want to get paid in advance. I want to get paid after, after I showed the, what I could do. That's what I want to get paid. So the, the right people, somebody who's really good at what they do isn't, isn't, afraid to get paid later and so but also people believe in your mission i volunteer i believe you guys know who brandon burchard is so i, I volunteer for him at every one of his live events just because i love what he's doing and the impact he's having on all these people in the world so he couldn't pay me i wouldn't work in a million years as an employee i would just i don't want the money i don't need the money but i go there and i work for ironically i go there and i volunteer and i'm there for free and then I like doing it because now I feel like I'm making a difference. And so there's a lot of people that will jump on your uh, bandwagon if you're doing good things and, and making a difference. They want to feel like they're making a difference. There's a lot of ways to get people to work with you and for you. And it doesn't always have to be where you pay them in advance or you pay them a salary. There's a lot of other ways. So there's lots of creative ways of getting paid or paying later. And a lot of this is also about developing relationships mm -hmm. with people and getting a whole team. That's really what it comes down to. And, and once again, that's 
attraction is what you're putting out there. So if somebody uh, is very happy and they're lit up and, and they're energized, other people want to hang out with you and people will sometimes, I have people all the time saying, Mike, I want to work with you. How do I get on your team? And so I don't even go looking. People come to me. And so, but if you're you know in a really bad state and you're really negative and you're really sad, nobody wants to hang out with you. So mm-hmm. it's once again, it's, it's you know, the law of attraction at, at its finest right there. You attract these people to show up in your life unexpectedly without you even trying to, you know, trying to find them. They just, they just show up. Like I said, the, the universe will put the right opportunities and mm. the right people on the path if you're open to that. And, and all, all of a sudden it's not so lonely that you against the world trying to make money. You've got a whole team. <laughs> well, everything should be a collaboration because mm. as I mentioned earlier, uh, I work with a lot of doctors and they're really good at medicine. I don't know the first thing about medicine, but everybody assumes because we hold doctors in such high regard, we look up to them, that they must be good at everything. And nobody's good at everything. Everybody's got, they do those three columns. Doctors are not going to, most of them will not put that their gift is money. They're, they're not good at money. They're, they're good at creating cash flow through trading their time for it. But once again, if a doctor gets sick and doesn't show up, the money doesn't come in. And so they are really bad at investing. And not only that, they get approached by all kinds of very unsavory characters who know that they make a lot of money and, and pretend to ha- want to help them. And doctors are really notorious for being taken advantage of uh, when they try to make their money work for them by having other people help them. And so, so everybody's got their skill sets and their gifts. And if you don't collaborate with other people that make up for the things that you're not good at, uh, it's, it's a lot more work trying to get all the pieces done by yourself. That's true. I don't think we've had that problem because I'm here and I've gone up against some of the best con artists in the world. Um, so we make a good team. Um, we've had, I mean, I guess we, have, we haven't really had financial success with this show, but we haven't really pursued using this show to make money for ourselves, but we've had a lot of success. I mean, look at, you know, we've had Mike Wolf in our show. We've had all kinds of great guests on our show and our, and our show's fairly popular. We get good statistics. We've had some of the best guests. I mean, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, well, that's part of the key, but but also I would suggest that, and we can have this conversation, but let's figure out what the back end looks like. So mm. so now once you attract a bunch of people to what you do mm. or to your show, well, now what? where do we want to take them? How can we add more value to them? Besides giving them a free show, how do we add more value to them? And what does that look like? And how does that monetize for you? And how does it add value back to them? And so this show could absolutely make you a lot of money. It's just a matter of figuring out what, and I don't, I don't know, maybe you do have a, a, a path that you take them on where they can work with you further, but it's really, that's the key. You have to attract people to you, but then once you attract them, how can you add value back to them so that they want to trade money as an exchange? How, how do you get money in return for adding value to them and taking them to the next level or whatever it is, the transformation that you want to give them? So Any person who is good at something, the same principle can apply for any person. It's, it's, mm, it's quite brilliant, really, but very inspiring. Yeah, this has been one of the best shows ever, I, I think, that you've done on a best interview we've had with you because you, you've just, That's I haven't talked too much, but you've just given, because you've given so much great information. Um, and it feels really good. It's, it's like, you know, you talk about money mm, being like the oxygen you breathe, mm, and it's about the relationship you have with money and your life about thinking outside of the box mm. and putting some you know, well-thought-out techniques and then developing right. a team you've, and a whole pattern of doing things. You've really, very clever. Yeah, they should teach this at school. Mm. They really need to. But you know, unfortunately, I, I love teachers. They give so much. I don't know about your country, but in Canada, the United States, teachers are very underpaid. But I will say that, unfortunately, you know, teachers are employees. And so I think they, uh, you know, when I went to school, it basically, 
there's one of two paths. Either you uh, are academic, you become a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, whatever, or you're not academic and you become a plumber, electrician, you go to a trade, and there's nothing for, at least back in those days, nothing for entrepreneurs. And so I, I did okay in school. I did, I, I did well in school, but I always you know, question, well, why am I learning to memorize this biology book? When is that ever going to serve me? I don't want to be a biologist. It's not my calling. And I always you know, knew that there was have to be something else out there because I didn't, like I said, I, I went into the, the law path to be a lawyer only because my parents encouraged me to do that. But like I never really, Thank God you didn't become a lawyer. <laughs> no offense to lawyers because I know that there might be one on the show, but no, no offense to lawyers. I mean, your, wrong your, gift, your gift is different. Mm. My, my gift is definitely not to, uh, and I'm the most non-confrontational person ever, so I don't think I'd be a, a particularly good lawyer. <laughs> But there's a whole world of entrepreneurship out there that school doesn't really prepare people for. And had I been exposed to that earlier, so that's one of the things I'd love to uh, get into schools. And it's one of the things, to get into schools is very difficult. They're very resistant to change. So, you know, that's one of the things I want to create is uh, I'm creating a bunch of online courses. I'm creating an online university about money, about passive income real estate, all these different topics. And once again, I'm going to share, you know, and I've done a few of them, but you want to share your knowledge and put it out there because there's other people that we sometimes take our gifts for granted because it's a gift and that becomes really easy. But there's a lot of people who don't have our gift. They have a different gift. And that's why it's so important to share what you know with the world. And it's, it's relatively easy these days to monetize it, you know, put it on, put it online and, and you can put free marketing around it or you paid marketing if you have a little bit of money. And once again, you're adding value, helping other people, and that stuff stays there forever. So, you know, every day it can be bringing, bringing in some revenue, and, and more people need to do that. Share, share your skills. So you've worked with Brendan Mouchard just very quickly and, and quite a few other um, big names, money motivational speakers. Yeah, well, I've, worked, I've worked with, uh, you know, Tony Robbins has had a really big impact on my life. He's, he's, I think he's amazing. I've worked with a lot of a lot of people to help work on myself. And uh, I, I, used to, to, I went to a Tony Robbins uh, seminar as well, and I, I walked over fire the hot coals. I used him to inspire that too. It's fun. Pass my exam, so he's very inspirational. Oh, absolutely! And so I, I encourage people to you know work up, work on themselves too. The more you work on yourself, the more this other stuff will uh, will fall into place for you. And and you know you can you can focus on strategy for your business all day long. But if you're, if you're not in a good place yourself, really, once again, to me, I, I think people need to get the money on autopilot as quick as possible, get financially free. And then after that, you know, really focus on what makes you happy, figure out what makes you happy and do a lot of that and also figure out what fulfills you. And, and I think it, it surprises a lot of people. Like for me, giving back and volunteering, that mm. lights me up. It's not the big house. It's not all that other the toys and all the stuff mm. that I initially thought. And if I had wa- if I watched my own interview 20 some odd years ago, I would say that's a bunch of crap. If I have that big house, I'm going to be freaking happy every day. Who are you kidding? Mm. And I can tell you that I wasn't. And, and I wasn't depressed or sad. I just felt like something was missing and I didn't know what it was. And then my, one of my favorite uh, projects I ever did was after Hurricane Katrina, we bought a bunch of homes in New Orleans that fixed them up and brought a bunch of people back. And I've done a lot of real estate projects where I did a lot less work for a lot more money. Mm. And that's the one that I remember the most. It's the one that lights me up the most. And so mm. when you really help other people and there's, there's meaning around it, it's not just about making the money, it's about really helping other people. You can't help but feel great inside. And, mm. and so to me, you know, those are the kind of things I love to do is, is to figure it out how do you... really yeah, meaningful, doesn't it? 
Right. I love, I love animals. So I was just helping out at the animal rights uh, conference in Los Angeles, volunteering my time wow. there. Uh, we, we spent some time in an orphanage where we're in Costa Rica. Um, I love to give back to kids and animals because they don't really have a voice. Uh, but when you do that, that sort of stuff, whatever, whatever it is, it's, it doesn't have to be the things I'm passionate about. But when you give back, that, that really, uh, to me, makes you, I don't know, you can't, you can't replace that. There's nothing that, that can replace that feeling. And so that's really what I spend my life doing. Just, so in a way, I do, I do it to help other people, but it's also to help me because it mm. makes me feel good too. So it's a great win-win and it's a great exchange of energy and it's just amazing a feeling and I feel very blessed that I'm in a good position financially that I can do as much of it as I want without having to worry about the money still coming in. And that's part of the flow of the energy of money. That's right, exactly. Mike, well, thank you very much for sharing with us such a wonderful recipe Mm. for a happy, balanced life. It's absolutely brilliant. You've just touched on it all, the psychology of money, the spirituality of money, the energy of money, the happiness that comes with the flow of good, positive flow of money. We'll be in touch with you soon because I I would love to have what you have, freedom, Mm. um, the the clever, you know, I guess the way of, Putting, making your money, putting it on autopilot, mm-hmm. and then having more time to do what's meaningful. So much Thank you for your inspiration. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. And if you need my help, I'm always, my door's always open to you guys. So you. just let me know. Thank you. Mike Wolf, your website again? Uh, it's MikeWolfMastery.com. Thank Great you. Great stuff. Thank you Thank very you. much. And this has been Universal Soul Love Radio. Dr. Lana Love. Detective David Love. And uh, thank you for being on our show. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Universal Soul Love Show. The Universal Soul Love Show.